0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon uh, everybody. Thank you for coming uh, today. Uh, Our subject today is the Lord's Prayer. Now, um... Uh, the Lord's Prayer begins by addressing God as our Father. The God who creates the universe is our Father. The God who shows himself in fire, smoke, and thick clouds is our Father. Now, Father is a, is a relationship, and to consider that we have the relationship of Son to a Father, with God himself, this is an amazing thing. The roles of a Father includes care, Love, responsibility, discipline, hopes and dreams for the children, respect, authority and blessing. And Jesus, uh, in the parable of the father and the prodigal son, shows the love of a father. That's in Luke chapter 15. The man who had two sons and the younger son asked to his father to give a share of inheritance. He went away and spent it all. And after he returned to his father, and when his father saw him, he was very happy to have him back with him. As we come to this in the Lord's Prayer and the Lord's Prayer, we must seek to find out in what way he is a father to us. We can see that Jesus teaches to call God a father, it is not just a self focused father but as united together, our Father. The Lord's Prayer is intended not uh, to be not only private, but also in the Ecclesia. Who art in heaven? Jesus teaches to pray to God who art in heaven, which adds much more, more to our understanding of God. Solomon built a temple for God, and he prayed. Come with me to First King, chapter 8. 1st King, chapter 8 and verse 27 But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you, how much less this temple I have, I have built. Yes, God is greater than, than his creation, but the heaven is a way to understand the greatness of God's dwelling. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means holy. As we say this line, we are reminded ourselves that God is separate from us, completely pure and faultless. We become aware of our own weakness as we worship the living God. Hallowed remind us that the Father is holy, set apart from sin. And when we pray, though we pray with understanding of our Father, we are never to imagine that we are equals with God. He is holy and exalted. Jesus teaches to call God our Father, recognize his exalted place of dwelling, and to respect him. Including Allah be your name and our prayers mean that we are to come up to the Father not only with knowledge, but also with worship and respect for his greatness and holiness. He is our Father, but he is also holy. And as we are learning to pray, we must not forget this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God's kingdom is to do with his ways and command. So we are asking that God's way happen here, as they are fully done in heaven. Here we are putting our will to God's will, and asking that his ways be fulfilled here on earth. When we pray, too often we want to go quickly, get on to our own concerns. But uh, Jesus teaches in this prayer that we first pray about the concern, concern of God's kingdom and his will. This is how we have to learn to think, pray, and act, with God's kingdom primarily in our minds. The idea of the kingdom of God is complex. It goes far back into the Old Testament, to the book of Exodus, where God reveals himself and he makes a covenant. Come with me to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 3. And Moses went up unto God, And the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thou shalt thou thou say to the house of Jacob, And tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, And how I bear you on eagles' wings, I brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice, indeed, And keep my covenants, Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now Saul was Israel's first human uh, king, and David of the tribe of Judah was the second king. He has promised that one of his sons will sit upon the throne forever. Come with me to, Sha- to Samuel chapter 2 no, second Samuel chapter 2. No, sorry. Second Samuel chapter seven. Second Samuel chapter seven, verse twelve. And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee. <laughs> we shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name. And I I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. But my my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, who am put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. And this will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back to this earth. Jesus' kingdom come. Jesus has to pray for the kingdom of God to come soon. The kingdom will only be present here when Christ returns. Come with me to Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and it shall reign forever and ever. When we pray, your kingdom come, we are asking God to manifest the power and glory of his kingdom in us and all over the world. We are praying that Christ might reign over all. We are also asking the Father to speak the return of Jesus Christ to this earth your will be done on earth how can we pray the kind of prayer that Jesus wants us to and still ask for insignificant things we are so obviously contrary to God's? teach us to pray Jesus we say and part of the teaching solely is to determine God's will and pray in that way give us this day our daily bread. The word bread is often used for food, since the bread is the most important food and is here to represent all our needs, all those things that we need to sustain us. We need God in all areas of our life, physical, spiritual, and mentally, emotionally. And this is a daily need. We need to come back to God regularly, each day, many times, and in many ways. Otherwise, we can quickly become selfish. So the prayer means, give us today that we need for today. And it fits very well with Jesus' teaching. Give us this day our daily bread. And this is an interesting phrase because it's included two words that are peculiar to the current day, this day and daily. You can see this here that the two words are in the present and not in the future. Come with me to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 34 34. Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-four. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of himself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. The implication here is that we have to come to God with our daily needs. When we say, "Give us," It doesn't mean we don't expect to work for a living, but that we recognize God as our provider. And most of us, we have a regular salary that comes like a clockwork, month after month, and we take our income for granted. It is only when we are laid off or we become seriously ill that we begin to ask daily for this provision. Jesus teaches to learn to become dependent on our Father, and to bring to him our daily needs. We, put, we must put our own needs after the Father's holiness and will. It is strange, but we learn to bread free from the necessity of saying this prayer. We would like to save enough money so that we don't have to worry about the prayer or where our next meal will come from. We would like to be comfortably well-off, and we don't want to have to pray for our next meal. I don't think that Jesus was us deprived, deprived, though that might happen to us, in that he will be fully able to meet our needs. But he does want us to get in the habit of relying on a father for everything. Should we thank God for our food if we have earned the money for it by our own label? Of course we should. Come with me to Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 17. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the mighten of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power to get the wealth, that he might establish a covenant with he unto to the fathers, as it is in this day. Now, since... It is God who gives us the capacity to to earn a living. It is he who gives us our daily bread. He strengthens us and provides for us. So often when we have good health, we take this for granted. Jesus is teaching us to look to the Father for every provision. Sometimes you hear the teaching that we should pray for others' needs, but never for our own. That God will provide without us asking, even asking. But we are to ask God for our daily needs, he is interested in our jobs, he cares about our business, he is concerned about our health, he cares about our marriage, our children, relationship, and our Ecclesia too. Jesus teaches, give us today our daily bread. How is this that we so often mistake such just a simple thing? And forgive our trespasses. The use of the word debts and debtors does not necessarily refer to a financial debt. Come with me to Romans chapter thirteen and verse eight. Romans chapter thirteen verse eight Owe no man anything, but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Here we bring to mind the ways in which we have failed God and others and ask the Lord for his forgiveness. As we received God's forgiveness, we should bring to mind anyone who feel may have done something wrong to us and pardon them. But this prayer, forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, is a prayer Jesus used to teach his disciples the basics of praying the right way. Jesus teaches to ask God to forgive us as we forgive others. in other words, if we forgive others only a little and hold grudges, we are asking God to forgive us only a little and allow a grudges against us. Jesus is making a point in this prayer, a point which is explained in more detail just after the prayer in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter six and verse 14. For if ye forgive men the trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive no men the trespasses, neither will your Father be forgive you your trespasses. It couldn't be plainer. Jesus has just told his disciples not to seek revenge. He said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Come with me to Matthew chapter 5, and verse 44. Matthew chapter five and verse forty four. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he might give his Son to rise unto the evil and unto the good, and send the rain on the just and on the unjust. Now He makes it clear that we must forgive if we are to be considered the son of the Father. Otherwise, he will not forgive us. This may be difficult, but this is God's will. Forgiveness, but the time finally came what God has planned. Come with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 But when the fullness of the time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made unto the law to redeem that they were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons and because ye are sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying Abba Father Jesus knew he was coming and though it filled him with pain to think of it, he faced it openly. The time when the, his enemies wanted to arrest him, he came up and, and he said to them, I am the man, and allowed them to take him. He allowed a make-up trial full with deliberate, false, and unsupported charges. He could have, he could have called legions of angels to deliver him from the armies of heaven, but he did not. Soldiers, soldiers spat in his face, and mocked him with a cruel crown of thorns and a pu- purple robe to make him look like a king. They scourged him nearly to death. Pilate washed his hands and ordered his crucifixion. And as they crucify him, he said, "Well, come, come with me to look." Twenty-three. Look, chapter twenty-three. Best. 34 Luke chapter 23 and verse 34 then say Jesus Father forgive them for they don't know what they do and they part in his rhyme and cast lots you know if we are to know and understand God we must love we must know and understand forgiveness. If we reject this part of God, we reject the most important part of who He is. Come with me to first John chapter four. First <clears throat> John chapter four verse sixteen. And we have known and be- believe the love that God hath to us. God is love, and it dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God only him. Herein is a love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him, because the first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment are we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Forgiveness is something very difficult. It is usually not so hard to forgive people we don't know. But when the people that we have a relationship or truth with turn onto us these people are the most difficult to forgive husbands wives fathers mothers children and our best friends they can hurt us deeply but true forgiveness does not reduce the sin or the hurt nor does it defend the sinner true forgiveness should not to hold the sin against the sinner any longer true forgiveness is pardon you might be resolutely hurt and find you anger overpowering your forgiveness perhaps you do not feel you are able to forgive right now but pray for it anyway the God of forgiveness answers prayers like this he makes us away when there is no way he takes us beyond ourselves and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil the sick request in the Lord's Prayer is not to be in a place where temptation might beat us. It is not wrong to be tempted or tested. Jesus was. It is wrong to give in to this temptation. Come with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Sometimes we play with temptation. We don't exactly seek temptation, but we are attracted to sinful things. Our resistance is low. We are being dragged away by our own evil desire. The phrase, and lead us into no temptation, teaches how important it is for us to stop playing with sin, but to actively run away and stand firm. Some of us are thinking, but if God knew what I really thought about, or wanted to do, it wouldn't have anything to do with me. Some of us feel ashamed for our sins, and we are afraid to open them up to God. My dear friends, there is nothing we have done or say that can surprise our Father. The miracle of the cross is that He cares about us instead of our disobedience. This part of the Lord's Prayer reminds us to call the Father for strength when we are tempted. We are not fighting a secret war against sin. He knows our weakness and wants us free, free us to make us whole. And what a wonderful Father he is. But sometimes God tests us. He allows situations that stretch and try us to make workable so that He can remold us in His own image. Come with me to uh, James chapter 1 and verse 2. My brethren, count it joy when you fall into the various temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Job was tested, and so were Abraham, Jacob, Joseph and Jesus and trial can be positive and Jesus couldn't be teaching us to pray to escape what is strengthening us testing my involve temptation but God desires to help us escape temptation here we pray don't lead us into place where we can be tempted but lead us into place where you are and where we can be free but deliver us from evil the final request Is for protection by a Father in heaven. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, he said, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In time of trial, Jesus recognized the Lord as his way of escape, and likewise, we are to depend on God when evil is outdoored. It is a recognition of the spiritual nature of the fights against sin. There is no just our own temptation, with the tempter and our own selves. We are no match for him, so we call out to God for rescue, for salvation from our enemy. The disciple prayer, the Lord's prayer, is simple. We might take its word for granted, but this day, especially, let the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples fill our thoughts and meditation, and may this word become ours. As we have examined the Lord's prayer, you can see it isn't a prayer for everyone. It is a prayer for the obedient follower, who will know God as he is, and his fatherhood, glory, and holiness. I will say to you, Pray unselfishly, and respectfully, let it guide your prayers. Father, teach us to pray the right way, the way Jesus taught us to pray, and his dear name. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, Ormscape Christadelphians.org.uk.